What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Nolan & Company Sports Podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 7th, 20 and 20. We hope your quarantine is going well. Coming to you from the official Nolan & Company Sports Panic Room. 50 feet under an undisclosed city that today will tell you is not Houston. I'm just Nolan because you can't handle the roof. The real Blake T. Martin is not here, and because of that, I know how much Canada irritates him, so the T today stands for Toronto. So Blake T. Martin is not with us today, but look who came here to the panic room with me. Our own founding father, William Edward Seth Moorhead. Good to be here. Yeah, second second week in a row. He's been here more times the past two weeks than Blake has, and I think I have a new favorite partner. Uh... Shots fired. <laughs> well, last week he was t- he was giving crap about Radar Love being our intro song, and I I love that song as an intro. I think it's a gr- I think it's a good intro. May not be the best song, but it's a good intro. And uh, now he's just not here, so I'm you know that irritates me a little bit. And perched from his treehouse high above an undisclosed location, who can do it, Mason Pruitt? But before he says anything. We've heard rumblings and seen pictures on the Twitter and the Gram of you, Mason, walking around College Station with a beautiful girl on your arm, walking around in your A&M gear at Kyle Field, at the Student Center, at a Chili's. Did you really move or did you not? I I didn't move. I didn't. This was all, (laughs) I was going undercover for a little while. Uh, something to do in quarantine. I just had to. I had to stay on the low. But the rumors are false. I am not moving. I'm staying in College Station. So and I have no reason to leave because I got that beautiful girl here. So there's no point for me to head out, head outside of College Station. But I do want to join the Panic Room, maybe one week this summer, to record. Yeah, we'll definitely try to get you up here. I still have not left these four walls since quarantine started. I'm growing very pale. Uh, it's amazing, really. I look I look really sickly. Like, like Seth is trying his best not to look at me right now. Because I look this guy. I got a full beard. It's about <laughs> a foot long. It's, it's amazing. You can, you can see my skeleton for, for, under my shirt, even. Like, wearing clothes. I, I don't look good. I need to get out of the panic room a little more. He does. Today in sports well, history. Well, you can see my you can see my skeleton anyway because I'm just skinny, so my skeleton's always showing. No, so you got a you point. On yeah, yeah, that, that's true. No matter how much time I spend down here, I could be worse. I could look like Mason. Oh, <laughs> who's the one? All right, <laughs> I'll remember that. I'll remember that. I'll remember that going to, forward. Today in sports history, thirty years ago in 1990, the New Jersey Devils officially signed. Vyacheslav Fetisov and Sergei Starikov from the Soviet national team, making them the first players ever from Russia to get into the NHL. This is a huge turning point for hockey because obviously uh, this is right before the collapse of the Soviet Union, and those players weren't allowed to leave anything. Like They were playing hockey all the time in the Soviet Union, and it was Slava Fetisov who was talking 
to the New Jersey Devils. He was actually drafted. And uh, it was this day in 1990 that it was the move was made official. And so making them the first Russians to play in the NHL. And look at the NHL today. A bunch of toothless Russians. Hey, I'm not complaining. Those toothless Russians are really entertaining, so... I think, what I, can get. I think my favorite, and because I'm I'm a Stars fan, so I'm obviously biased, but it's got to be Alexander Radulov. You ever see him without his, uh, that little mouthpiece that he has with the fake teeth in there? No. When he's playing the game, mm-hmm. and he scores a goal, he smiles, and it's just like, like four teeth width of gum right there. Like, there's no teeth whatsoever. And so, if it weren't for this day 30 years ago, we would not have Alex Ovechkin, Alexander Radulov, any Russian you can name. And then today, we don't have a living birthday, because unfortunately this man is dead. But today would be the 114th birthday of Satchel Paige, considered to be the best pitcher to come out of the former Negro Leagues. Uh, guy was like, you know, he had the traditional barnstorming style of pitching that you would see. Like, go seriously, go go look up uh, Satchel Paige. Uh, videos from from when he was in the old Negro leagues. I mean, he had a good wind up, and he was throwing. It looked it looked really really cool. Uh, but it's really cool is because today is also the anniversary of him signing with the Cleveland Indians in 1948 from the Negro leagues, which is huge. One of the first black pitchers to ever come into the Major League Baseball. But he was already 42 years old. He was a 42 year old veteran. Yeah, absolutely impressive. And so that's a little bit of history. It's it's a birthday and anniversary for Satchel Paige. Uh, stay hard, Satchel Paige. And then uh, and then of course uh, Slava Fatisov and Sergei Starkov in in the NHL. So a big day in sports history today. Looking at the show rundown today, we we had kind of set a number of things aside from last week's show that we didn't get to hit. And then in the past seven days. So many more headlines have popped up. It's very true. That we pretty much had to throw out everything that we had left from last week to talk about now. And so I don't know if we'll ever get back to those because I don't even remember most of them from last week that we had still had to talk about. Uh, but we've got a number to talk about now. So we're going to we start a, off. Yeah, we got a full show today. Yeah, we, we actually had to add an extra segment. We're doing four instead of three like we usually do. Uh, so first off. Uh, big news out of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes signing a 10-year extension. A uh, lot of speculation about Jadavion Clowney. Uh, at Skip Bayless, I know, has been leading the charge to try to get the Cowboys to sign him. Uh, we've got to talk Redskins, as difficult as it's going to be, without trying to get too political or saying the wrong thing, because we don't want to ruffle up any feathers. Yep. We, we've got to talk about this, because it's a major headline. Uh Major news out of Major League Soccer that mainly Seth and I will take... It makes, it makes us sad, we'll put it that way. It makes way. us very sad, and mainly Seth and I will be leading the charge in that one. And then the MLB finally released their schedule for the 60-game season. We know what they look like, and we'll be going through uh, at least the Rangers. And uh, we'll, we'll open up a few other teams, uh, Yankees, Dodgers, obviously the favorites to win the World Series, mm-hmm. and we'll take a look at how they're going to have to get there. So it's... But uh, right, right off to begin the show, uh, you know we we've got to talk Patrick Mahomes, yeah. uh, guy from Texas Tech, uh, from White House, Texas, reigning Super Bowl MVP with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and they did not hesitate 
He didn't even finish his rookie contract. Yeah. And they've already signed him. Uh, shoot. Mason, do you know the figure? I know it's, it's 10 years. It's 10 years. Uh, 10 year, uh, 450, I believe, but there are incentives to get it to over half a billion dollars. Wow. So he could possibly make over half a billion in the next 10 years. So are we seeing a massive change in the way football, uh, maybe not football players, but just sports in general are paid? Because I think people are taking, you know, taking the money and run. Right. Well, I, you, well, you've seen in baseball, Manny Machado got a huge deal. Mike Trout got a huge deal. All these guys are getting huge deals, which, by the way, in my opinion, Machado has not lived up to his. No. Um, and he still has, what, nine more years on it? But this signing, I mean, he's making more than both Machado and Trout. Different sport, but yeah. I think the NFL is finally trying to catch up with big contracts like the MLB has already jumped to. Yeah. Is it is this worth it for the Chiefs? I think so. I you know, looking at this, Mahomes reigning MVP, the guy that broke, uh, you know the the Chiefs, very 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 long dry spell uh, when it comes to NFL championships. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because it's fifty years exactly, right? Uh, I think it, it was either fifty or fifty five. I don't remember. Because uh, this was Super Bowl fifty four. This past one was right. Then it wouldn't have been 55. Would it? it would have been 50, because Super Bowl <laughs> four was 50. their last. Right. So 50 years on the dot, and the Chiefs are Super Bowl champs again. Yeah. Uh, I I do not mm-hmm. think that it was, this is a contract. Yeah, it was that, 50 years ago. They won in 1970. Yep. Yeah. I don't think that this is going to be a contract that the, the Chiefs are going to end up being bound to, like you see in a lot of long-term hockey contracts when players uh, really stop producing. I don't think Pat Mahomes is going to stop producing for the next decade. I think this is a good move for for them to really settle down and uh, you know build the dynasty potentially here. You know, at first when I first saw the news when Adam Schefter broke, I was like, 10 year deal, forty five million. That seems a little risky." But the more I think about it and look about, it, I was like, "He's worth every penny when it comes to this contract." I mean, if you look at his two full seasons that he's been a starter. He's first in passing touchdowns. He's first in passing yards. He's first in wins, and he's first in QBR, and he's first in yards per attempt. And he's literally way from the Bulls in his career because the first year when they lost to the Patriots, they lost to Tom Brady in overtime, but he didn't even give a chance to go on the field. And we see that the salary cap keeps increasing year by year, so maybe – 10 years from now, $45 million for quarterback might not even be in the top five of the league. Because we can, we continue to see that. Like five years ago, $25 million when Derek Carr signed that, he was like the highest paid quarterback. Now $25 million for a quarterback is literally nothing. Yeah, it, it changed fast. And, and and Seth, you and I were watching something last week after the show, uh, you know, where we were they were talking about how, uh, you know, really since the NFL rules changed for the first time back in the 70s, They've just been changing ever since to protect the quarterback right. a lot more. And so, you, you know, Ken Stabler from the Raiders would not have been able to play as long as Tom Brady has this year. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes might be able to. Yeah. This this long term these long term investments, especially with quarterbacks, are starting to look less and less ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it it really speaks to the idea that NFL offenses are only operating on, on the, the passing level. You know, 
where it's definitely a pass primary offense and you know establishing a run game secondary. Uh, so the quarterback over time has become the most important piece of an offense, period. Um, personally, I would rather see uh, a strengthened running game, especially for those teams that don't really have a good quarterback. Uh, but, you know, you just don't see it. And so and the, those kind of teams just can't uh, even compete with, you know, teams that have great quarterbacks like Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, you know. So it's definitely, as we've gone on in time, quarterbacks are definitely the most important part of NFL offenses, you know, and I don't really see that changing going forward. My, my big concern over this is uh, is salary cap because uh, it goes up mm-hmm. constantly. Like every year it goes up a little more. But did the Chiefs maybe jump the gun? Because they still have contract. They have still have great players on contract, right? But over the next few years, when free agency comes up, and that salary cap isn't going to jump as much as they wanted it to, they're going to lose a lot of players because they're just not going to be able to afford to pay them. Yeah, I mean, I see, I see this contract going wrong in two ways. Either Pat Mahomes get gets hurt every year, which would suck for I think all of us because I think we all enjoy watching Pat Mahomes play. Uh, or it's going to really hurt them in the long run if they can't give the pieces to Pat Mahomes to win. Uh, that's I think that's the the two ways that this pro, you know this this deal goes wrong. But I mean, it looks like they've been able to retain most of their talent from their their Super Bowl uh, run. So you know if they can keep that up, then I think they're looking looking real good. The other big headline from the NFL this week was or not really headline but more speculation is a lot of people seem to think that the Dallas Cowboys should get Jadavion Clowney. Uh Skip Bayless was the one who I think like got on Twitter and wrote a fake note to Jerry Jones on Twitter going, please go sign Jadavion Clowney like like we need uh we and I I'll be the first to admit that we need another guy off the edge right there. But is he the right guy? Is is this someone who we like we know will make a difference, but this guy has jumped teams up quite a bit for multiple reasons. What well, what's what's the play here, and and how much do you pay him? How much do we have left in salary cap? Well, I think if Jadavion Clowney, no matter where he goes, I do believe it's going to be on a one-year deal, especially if it was to the Dallas Cowboys. So I wouldn't mind like a one-year rental, and then you let all your young guys develop. You drafted a defensive end in the fifth round this year. You got uh, Alden Smith, who hasn't played football in a while, but he's been reinstated. I believe Gregory will be reinstated. So I wouldn't mind a one-year rental, but I, I wouldn't sign him to a multi-year contract because you can and you can get up in a bind with you know, Gallup up here in the future, and you got a lot of free agents for next year. But a, a one-year deal, but I think part of that would mean you have to tuck, you, have, you, you would have to cut um, Tyrone Crawford because he's taken up $10 million in space. So if you cut him and then you sign Clowney to, let's say, a one-year 14, you're really only spending the $4 million difference for that one year. So if you get Clowney, you got to cut Crawford. I don't know if that's worth it. Well, I... Uh... 
Yeah, yeah, it being worth it is definitely something to, to worry about. It's definitely something to consider. But, it, it, yeah. I mean, Mason makes a great point here because you, you got to make the roster moves. And, uh, you know, that's obviously my big concern. And it doesn't matter how much you make it. Just by week one, you got to be down to 53 players. Um, we definitely need that extra, uh, extra person off the edge because – now the Eagles have Jalen Hurts. I don't know where that's going to stand with Carson Wentz or Hurts, but Hurts can run. Wentz isn't the biggest runner. Uh, Daniel Jones at the Giants now, he's young. Uh, you know, and then I don't even know who the Redskins All I know is the Redskins still have Alex Smith on the roster. Yeah. And under I think I think Haskins is going to be their starting okay, quarterback. Okay, Haskins. Yeah, so you've got, you've got three young quarterbacks, one of which may not play, but – Two of them you know for sure you're probably going to go up against because there's nobody ahead of them. And Haskins can run, and Jones can. It's not a strong suit, but he can run. you got two young guys who are, going to, who are going to just try to impose their will on you, and if you don't have that extra guy off the edge, they will eat you up all game long. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely think we need to get it. Um, I, I don't know the roster moves here. I really don't. I don't know what would be the best course of action. I just don't think it's possible to sign Clowney to a either a multi-year contract with because we just paid Amari Cooper. We're still trying to figure out how to pay Dak. Zeke got his contract not too long ago. We're gonna have to pay Vanderesh. We got Gallup, so I just don't think it's smart to sign him to a multi-year deal. But if you do sign him to a one-year, you gotta make roster moves. You gotta cut Crawford because there's no possible way we can afford that. And then it's what role what role does would I mean Clowney would definitely be the other he would replace Robert Quinn who played last year but I just I just don't know if it's worth the risk for the Cowboys to sign Clowney. Yeah, uh, Quinn Quinn did not produce very very well. Uh, it, it'd be smart to get him. It, it's a risk, but it'd be smart to get him. And this is something that I really haven't even thought about. Like, I, I I, have no idea what I would do if I were in Jerry Jones' position here. And I probably should. And I'm probably not being very good at my job by not knowing. But be interesting. Like, And I think the Cowboys need it. It would be smart, for sure. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dive into uh, the touchy subject of the Washington Redskins. And we're going to do that as best as we can. Uh, and we'll be right back here on Little and the Company Sports Podcast. She said she needed a break, a little time to think. But then she went to Cleveland with some guy named Leland that she What's met at the bank. What's up, guys? There's nothing wrong with Ohio. No, there's nothing wrong with Ohio. A little bowling for soup to bring us back from the from the break. This is the this is in my opinion their greatest song ever. Because here I'll, t- I'll even turn it back up for you. You'll hear why now. It's, it's right here. So he's a. It, this is what the song is called in parentheses, right here. And so it's a running gag in my family right there. Come back to Texas, and we've got family who live all over this country, and so it's kind of a, just a running gag every time they leave. It's come back to Texas. And family loves that song. The reason for that one, for our listeners here, 
is y'all may have noticed that every show we've had in this in 2020 so far has been some kind of pun using one of our names. And so this one, as y'all have probably already seen if you're listening to it, is called Nolan for Soup. Which is a pun on using my name, of course. But our thinking is with the Texas twang that we all have, like, like it's, it's, it's like it's bowling for soup. But if you use a twang, it's bowling for soup. It's mm-hmm. Nolan for Soup. It's a good pun. Wow, nothing. Okay. It's a, it's a good pun. <laughs> Anywho. I already so, said I liked it before the show, off air. Well, you said, yeah, you said it off air. <laughs> it, it'd be nice to know that our listeners, uh, it'd be nice for our listeners to know that we all appreciate each other and support each other, even when we make bad jokes. Well, I guess not. Nolan, it was a good joke. You're all fired. Nolan, <laughs> Nolan, it was great. And to all the listeners out there, y'all should... Listen to Nolan. He is a comedian, and he is hilarious. I am no comedian. This is going to be Mason's last segment. He has uh, he has some obligations to take care of uh, outside the company that we're being good partners here and letting him go take care of it. And I hope he never forgets that, uh, especially the next time we go out to eat. Right. Wink, wink. It's not like we have any choice in the matter, but that's okay. Yeah, no, we really don't. He can literally <laughs> just... He's in a different location. He can just turn it off and leave if he wants. But... We appreciate his, his being honest with us off air. We won't bring the situation on air, but he does have to go leave to take care of some stuff. Um, and so the one his last segment for today is probably going to be the hardest segment that we've ever had to have on the show because we are not a, just full disclosure, we are not a show that likes to take stands. Nope. And for most of the people who know us, pretty much know our beliefs and where we stand on certain things, but that's not all who we are, right? So we never bring it on air. Yeah. And, and, and the point of this is to bring up and talk about sports, which is supposed to be a distraction from, you know, our daily mundane lives in the first place. Right. You but know, this is just, yeah. this, this is, is a non, this is a, yeah, this is a non-avoidable topic. There's no way we couldn't talk about it. We so, would get I we mean, would get more fun for not talking get, about it than anything we could say on the show. This is true. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the yeah. Redskins. So yeah, but so it, 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 go ahead. Yep. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it is gonna be difficult to talk about, but we gotta we gotta attack this and we gotta be as open as possible. So by the way, my interrupting you multiple times during the last sentences, I, I need to say one more thing, guy, to our listeners. Uh, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. If you heard uh, me and Seth get a little more quiet in that last segment, uh, we're having some technical difficulties. If Mason cut out, if we cut out, uh, a lot of weird weather has been going on here in Texas. Wi-Fi's um, been, Wi-Fi, been weird. Wi-Fi's so. been weird. And so uh, there, there are a lot of factors at play. And so if we sound terrible, we apologize. Uh, we appreciate y'all bearing with us. We're going to try to do whatever we can to make sure that uh, this this doesn't continue to happen. Uh, so thank you for bearing with us. But yeah, this is a massive, massive headline that we just can't avoid talking about. And honestly, our stances may may differ. Our stances may not, you know, hit tr- uh, hit true with some of our listeners. But the. You know, that's, that's what we're here doing. We're here to speak our minds, and so this is one we had to avoid. But the Washington Redskins are taking a lot of flack from 
sponsors FedEx is threatened to remove their name from the stadium. Uh, they're they're uh, I think they're they're a, are they a Coke or a Pepsi sponsored? Who Redskins? I. Uh, whoever, it doesn't matter. Who, well, whoever it was was uh, I don't remember the exact headline, but they were going to pull out from their from their deal, and so um, it, and this is just because of the Redskins name, and so I'll go ahead and get us get us started here. Uh, I can definitely see the want to try to change that because uh, obviously you won't get blank skins in any other name, no matter what color you're talking about, without someone raising the eyebrow. And so, especially nowadays. And so that that's pretty much why this is all coming out. Um, I, I, do, I don't personally think that having a Native American moniker is a bad thing. I really don't. Uh, and, and heck, you know, I, I have some Native American heritage, and, you know, I'm not... Not enough to make any stand or say that this is my thought and people listen to it, but I've met so many full-blooded, half-blooded Native Americans that uh, that have, have said, "Yeah, no, we like this, like like it's cool." And so um, I was talking to my dad, and he just mentioned, "Did you know that that's what Florida State did, right? The the, the Seminole Nation is out there, and the Seminole Nation backed it and said, "No, we like this. Let us come to you." And show y'all what we want, like so y'all can do it accurately. And obviously, they have the tomahawk chop. They have the the guy in the headdress and everything on the horse, and he's throwing the spear, the spear into yeah. the midfield and everything. The Seminole Nation went there, like said, we like it. Went there and showed them how to do it. And so, I, I personally don't think it's a bad thing. And, and obviously, the at least the Seminole Nation agrees with me, and I know that there are a lot of other Native Americans that would that would agree with me on that. But. Saying Redskins, I, I I see why I see why that may cause a little bit of a problem, and so that that's my take. I I don't think the Native American moniker is bad, but I can see why this name would rile some up as compared to Chiefs or Braves, right? right. Yeah, I th- I think that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's a complex topic. There's a lot of opinions out there, and I think. A lot of this comes down to a matter of perception, you know. I think that, obviously, with Nolan's anecdote about the uh, Florida State Seminoles, you know, I, I think it just it depends on on perception. And I think that it's going to be a really big challenge for Dan Snyder and that ownership group to take a, a good hard look at this and, you know, what kind of decision they make. Uh because it, it's it is a hard decision, I think. Um, you know, I so I think, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's a hard decision. It's a hard thing to talk about. It's a hard decision. I think if they were going to change anything, you know, looking back in their franchise history, Braves seems to be the most logical option uh, to change their name to. That was the original name of the franchise, uh, the Boston Braves, and then they became the Boston Redskins, and then moved to to Washington. So. I think from my end, I think that's the the most logical uh, name change that they could go to. But it, it's going to be a tough decision, no matter uh, which way you cut it. I think. Yeah, I think y'all both made great points. Especially um, my my thing is, I 
I feel like this decision or what this came up, I don't know if this, this how long have they had the name the Redskins? Oh, since the 30s. They were, they were the Braves. 33. Yeah, so they were the Braves yeah. for one year and then immediately became the Redskins. So literally for almost a century, right? And with everything that's going on currently in the political climate currently, is this because they really want to change their name or is this because they have to change their name with everything that's going on in the world today? That's my that's my opinion on it. I don't know if Fed, if because it's FedEx who has the naming rights. Do they is it because they want to change their name because they don't like it or is it because it's a bad look for the company if they keep the name Redskins? So, and and, and Seth you're right. It's all about perception. It's all about how you look at it because Nolan, you made a great point about Florida State. Some people might, they might like it that they're, you know, represented with the Seminoles and or for the Redskins in the NFL. But it's it's just it's 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 an impossible decision because no matter what you decide, you're gonna offend a lot of people. With regardless of the decision you make. Now, if they do make changes, I've been on. I, I like the Braves idea because that's the original name, but I, I like the Warriors personally. All the more, just because I think when you have the same letter for your city and mascot, I just think it flows really well. It's kind of the, kind of the same motto, Warriors, and I just think that's a good mascot to have. There's no, there's only one other Warrior that I can think of, and that's and that's in the basketball. So, but it's just there's no right, there's honestly no right decision to this whether they change their name or not. That's true. I, it does seem to me like they're looking for the best bad decision uh, because mm-hmm. obviously if you change a name and it, and a lot of people are saying that they're in Washington, they need to change it to something uh, like the Washington Capitals or, or like the Washington Nationals do it and did and make it about D.C. Uh, first of all, I think that's really cliched. I do think it's cool, but I think that's really cliched. I mean, look at the Washington Wizards, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they were what? like They were like purple and green and gold. And then, like, they have no identity. And then changed it to, to the blue and red. And so, um, obviously, you're, you're going to lose a lot of money because you're going to have to spend a lot of money to change everything. You're going to have to come up with a lot more merchandise. You're going to have to, uh, you're going to buy com- completely new uniforms, especially like this close to the season. I would too. say, like, I just read an article today that basically said that it would be nearly impossible to. To get everything changed over before the start of the season, right? And so, to to me, the best decision it would be to if if this is getting so much traction and the, and they're actually going to lose money if they keep the name at least, mm-hmm. then change the name. I, I think that I think the Braves is the best way to go. I, I, it helps if you know where they got the name, and I, and I know I, this story. You know, I know how a lot of teams got their names in all sports. And the Redskins actually got it from Native American players on their team back in the 30s. Obviously, as Seth brought up, perception has changed so much since then. Uh, but but I, I feel like losing the Native American moniker w- w- wouldn't be the best option because that, that's the team's history there. It, you know, and you're, you're throwing away so much history and they have, what, three Super Bowls under the name Redskins and everything. It would be so easy to... Just get new helmet decals, if needed, mm-hmm. and just change it to Braves. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to disagree with Mason on the Warriors thing because I hate alliteration when it comes to 
sports teams. I'm not a big fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates or Penguins, right? That's too many P's in there. Uh, <laughs> and there are a lot of others we can name, but like, uh, you, you know, if you go back to your history and call it the Braves, I think that's that would be the cooler, coolest move to make right there because you're you're saying this is our history. We got this name from our former Native American players, and again, perception. But like, like we would feel that not honoring them, you know, would would not be a smart thing to do. We want to obviously honor them, and not even just those players, but that, but Native Americans. Again, I don't think it's a bad thing to have a Native American moniker. I really don't. I think the worst thing that could yeah, happen, but no, is but if the name, if there is just no reference to. Native Americans at all. If they completely remove, um, with with the name change at least, right? If they, if they remove all traces of Native American moniker or, or name or whatever, you know, I think that's the worst thing that could happen out of this. No, Nolan, I want to ask you a question. Do you think some people would still be offended if they went to the Braves because? Yes, it's a change, but it's still what they used to be, and that's where they got the name from. So I feel like, like that could still, you know, some problems right there if they went to the Braves. Am I am I going to repeat that? No, no. Um, so, uh, no. My my answer would be no. Uh, it, uh, again, I, I've. I've done research. I've met a lot of people who've told me that who are Native American and have told me, no, they don't mind. They like it actually. Um, you know, it's it's like uh, it's like uh, ESPN for the 150th year of college football did one episode that was all about Notre Dame and the and the the Fighting Irish and the Catholic tie and everything. That became the team for any Catholic or Irish immigrant in the United States. Like that became their thing, and so. I think a lot of people like it. it. It would depend on obviously your region of the country. So I think a lot of a lot of them, a lot of uh, a lot of nations out in the Midwest or uh, or even further out west in Wyoming or anything might lean more towards the Chiefs if you still you know the ones you still have, and any of the eastern areas might go for the Redskins. I mean, like I don't think it's that it, it would be. I don't think too many people would still be super offended if they went to Braves. I think it's the fact that it's that it's Redskins that is really getting under people's skin, and so to speak, no pun intended. But uh, I, I don't. I, no, I don't. I don't think Braves would get anyone offended. And if it did, why isn't you know the Atlanta Braves getting national flag, or even the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, you know, you got the Cleveland Indians, but everyone pretty much got what they wanted when they dropped the chief wahoo logo right right and so like as as long as there's not as long as there's not a stereotype in play i think it's i think it's fine i mean like you know the chiefs really don't have any kind of stereotype that fit that fits in with it they have an arrowhead the atlanta braves and a tomahawk and now the cleveland indians just have the c obviously the redskins logo is you know it, it, it that can definitely uh, ruffle some feathers um, the Seminoles changed theirs, but there was a very minor change. But you know, no, no one's really, you know, that that one's fine. But it, it's it's the Redskins name, I think, is what's getting under everyone's skin. So if they if they could just get like new helmet decals and just mm-hmm. swap out just swap out a logo, but keep a Native American moniker and just and just change your nickname. And, and like I said, I'm in favor of Braves. I, if 
if this were a fan vote, I would go out to Washington right now and start campaigning for them to go to Braves because that is a team history. And, of course, the reason they changed it to begin with was because that was back when the Atlanta Braves were in Boston playing baseball. Right, and they were playing in the same stadium. Right, and so there was a little bit of, you know, it's it's like the New York Giants, right? When the the San Francisco Giants were still in New York, it was the same thing. That's why Mm -hmm. even now people will still refer to them as the New York football Giants. Uh, Now it's not that big a deal. Washington Braves and Atlanta Braves, there's an easy distinction there. You know who you're talking about pretty much. Right. I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. I think Braves would be the way to go. Well, Mason, we're about it's about time to go ahead and let you go. That wasn't as hard a segment as I thought it was going to be. It's a hard topic, but I feel yeah. like we I feel like that flowed pretty well for us. Mason, you're about to go. We have a hypothetical since Martin's not uh, since Martin since Blake Martin is not here. There's no Martin's minute. Uh, so we're doing a hypothetical, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and ask you this now. Seth knows it, and he already has his answer, I know. But if you, it, let's say that the NFL has granted you, Mason Pruitt, mm-hmm. an expansion franchise, where do you go? What do you call them? What are your colors? First city that comes to mind is Portland, Oregon. Just because they only have one other major sports team, the Trailblazers, and if you look at their fan attendance, those that is a great fan base up there in the Northwest. Um, I don't know if I can come up with a mascot right away. The Portland, uh, I don't know if I can come up with a mascot right away, but maybe colors of like Carolina blue or something like that. I don't know. You're you're right next to. The, So and plus I'm biased because Carolina blue is my favorite color. So maybe you can get a little bit of that, and then Carolina blue and black can be your main colors. But the mascots hard to think. I could follow my same motto about the Washington Warriors, and I can just say the uh, Portland Pirates. But I know you probably don't like that. Um, I can't think of a mascot right off the top of my head. But the the one city would be Portland for me because I think that's another. That's a city that needs another major sports team because they. I don't think they have a hockey team, they or they might. Okay, they don't have a hockey team. They don't have a baseball team. They just have basketball. So I think they would really enjoy an NFL franchise. I like that answer, but there's one problem, and it's for the same reason that Seth's answer is going to have a problem because uh, I already know on. what Seth's going to do. <laughs> but do you know who the owner of the Portland Trailblazers is? The same man who owns the Seattle Seahawks. Ah. Also, oh yeah. Also, Providence Park will not share room with anybody. So, well, you're gonna need a new stadium. Providence Park would not be big enough to host an NFL game. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure the Chargers are uh, sitting in an MLS stadium right now, and that's not anymore. Yeah, fair enough. And that was only a temporary thing to begin with. Fair enough. All right. Well, Well, I already know Seth's answer, so. I think I think the whole world knows that answer. He's just going to explain it when he goes on, so I'm going to miss it. But yeah. I, I think I have a pretty good idea of what it is. Yeah, you, you'll hear it when you listen to the show. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Mason won't be here. It'll just be me and Seth, and we're going to talk a little bit of soccer because something went down that is really irritating us, and we're going to break it down 
without getting upset as best we can. Who can do it, Mason Pruitt? Thanks for coming on, brother, and we'll see you. All right, thank you all. Hey, Nolan & Company listeners, this is Nolan Ruth. And Blake Martin. From the Nolan & Company Sports Podcast. As you may have heard on the last show, I did a commercial for Bar V Custom Welding and Fencing. Unfortunately, I got the name wrong because the V is not the Roman numeral 5. Blake has been on my rear end about that ever since. But right now, we want to go ahead and tell you about our friends at Bar V Custom Fencing and Welding. Uh, They're a family-owned custom welding business uh, based out of Weatherford, Texas. They're taking your dreams and making them into a reality. So if you're in the Parker County area and you need a fence for your backyard, uh, if you're on a few acres and need some fencing for that, or even your front yard if you just hate your neighbors, go ahead and reach out to our friends at Bar V Custom Welding and Fencing. Reach out to them at 817-613-4997. That number again is 817-613-4997. You can also reach out to them at Bar V Welding, all one, no caps, at yahoo.com. That's Bar V Welding at yahoo.com. So go ahead and check them out for all your welding and fencing needs. Welcome back, y'all. Uh, we're playing this song as a tribute. Uh... The great Charlie Daniels passed away yesterday, and uh, it was such a promising day for me, and then pretty much the entire reason I know what a fiddle is, <laughs> passed on to the to that, uh, to that big barn up in the sky, and he's playing his fiddle <laughs> on a, a big, moment. big stack of hay. <laughs> sad moment. Yeah. He, uh... So a uh, little bit of little bit of the devil went down to Georgia for uh, rare for that and uh, that's not the only reason we're sad. I say our segment didn't get much better, did it? Yeah. Um, so for those of you who aren't soccer fans, go ahead and check out now and skip ahead 20, 25 minutes uh, to the next segment about baseball. But uh, Seth, you and I have just you know you're, we are the pretty much the lone soccer voices on this show mm-hmm. uh, and, and even for me I'm, I'm one of the younger ones I've really been paying attention for what two years is what I, that's all, all I I've mean, really been paying attention to I've only joined the club in the last six to eight months same thing with hockey so I'm still an inexperienced and young person as far as it when it comes to soccer fandom but uh, I know we were both looking forward to the MLS's back tournament Right, and because it, it, it was such a thing where we played what we played two regular season games, FC Dallas did anyway, and then the virus hits and we got to we got to cancel it. So it was it was kind of a it was kind of a really really rough thing, uh, and then Bundesliga comes back. Yep, high five. Union avoids relegation. Uh, Premier League still going on right now. Mixed results. You're right. happy. You're well. You're in Europe. That's you, true. You've almost got Europe locked up. My team is still fighting for their European lives. I think they'll figure it out. Um, but that's going on. But we were finally going to get something back in the States, and it was going to be, like, MLS was going to be the first thing back. Uh, obviously, NASCAR's been running this whole time, but mm-hmm. but MLS is going to be the first ball sport back. Yep. And so we were, you know, we were really excited about that. They oh, they uh, revealed the groups. Dallas was thrown in with San Jose, Seattle, and, and Vancouver. It was looking good for us. I think we were going to have a good shot to win that group. It, uh, mm, a to, decent shot. Decent shot. To win it, I think, is a stretch because Seattle is Seattle. Right. Um, but now, uh, 
the league has had 13 positive tests in the past two weeks, and 10 of those came from FC Dallas. And so the original plan was to move the game back against San Jose. And then just the other day, it was decided to go ahead and remove FC Dallas from the MLS's back tournament. And that has me so, I don't want to say angry, because obviously this was a decision based off of health and safety concerns, right? But disappointed, man. Yeah, like disappointed. You know, this was the, and I don't want to say that. There are a few things I think this virus did away with when it comes to sports, and obviously one of those being the United States Youth Organization for Soccer, which I thought was a stupid move because. They're just not even going to put money in it for the foreseeable future, even when all this is done. Yeah. Uh, so that was one thing. So I think there's there's one death nail with U.S. soccer because you're not developing your youth anymore. And now, at least in the Metroplex, I mean, obviously people are going to still come back when it when it comes back. But any like growing interest in people who are really starting to get into this, the interest is going to be gone. Whenever FC Dallas can take the pitch again. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just, it's disappointing, for sure. I'm sad to see it happen. I, again, I think we understand why, why it did happen, but, you know, I at this point now, it's just, we're, I think we're more concerned now that FC Dallas is healthy, at, you know, and queen of the virus to the point where they can play after, the, you know, the ML back, you know, the MLS is back tournament is over it's supposed to count towards a regular season they might have a a few more games tacked off uh tacked on to the end of that and then um and then they're gonna have the the mls cup uh hopefully uh, all that's kind of unclear but at least for us you know that means that fc dallas soccer is gonna be pushed back so and you know we're sorry to, to see that right and and unfortunately it's it's it, it, this is just one of those things where there was really no good way to handle it. They, they tried to move the game back, and um, but honestly, I, honestly, I, I, this had to have been spread at training. Somebody had to have come in, and this was had to have been spread at the training. Otherwise, the numbers for this team alone wouldn't look so bad. Some people, some people would try to say that uh, that uh, that it's just the way that the, the way Texas kind of reopened may have reopened a little too fast. They may have. Uh, Maybe could be on the MLS trying to get this all set up, but there there are a number of factors that could have come come into play. But I I don't think this has anything to do with what was going on in Texas or uh, in Dallas. I, I really don't. I think one person had it and they were trying to push training, and so one person came in with training, and then ten guys from from FC Dallas got it. And so uh, here was the quote. So uh, this is from. MLS Commissioner Don Garber uh, speaking to uh, Tom Marshall at ESPN. Uh, quote, it was our view that with as many Dallas players that have tested positive, they have to go into quarantine. It would not allow them to train and would put them into a position where they wouldn't be able to compete in the tournament and do so in a way that would be within our protocol. It was a tough decision to make, but one we felt was the right decision for the MLS's back tournament. 
Of the 557 players, so uh, that's unquote. Of the 557 players currently in Orlando, 13 have been confirmed. Yes, 13 and 10 of those belong to FC Dallas. Yeah, so. I think the big one that caught everyone's mind was when when our goalie uh, Gonzalez got it. I think that was the one that kind of grabbed our attention because uh, my my mind's drawn a blank on who our, our reserve goalie is at the moment, but Gonzalez is really the one who any close match we have... If we come out on top, it's because he made a save. Right. If it's a draw, it's because he made a save to prevent the loss, right? Yeah. And so that I think that was the one that, at least in my mind, that was the one where I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. You know, this, this like, isn't it's good. It's time to, time to pull out the youth squad, right? Right. But then 10 guys test positive. I mean, this is... it. it th- this was the right decision. I don't like it, but it, this had to be done. But I... I I'm more concerned about soccer in the future because this is a game that not a lot of Americans have embraced. Now, they're actually talking, there are rumblings going on about the same going on in Nashville. Uh, the the new, the, which would be the really, newest franchise. Which would be really bad because they started out with a great home opener against Atlanta United, played really well, filled up most of Nissan Stadium. It would be heartbreaking to see uh, them have to really work very hard to restart momentum. I mean, this is already bad enough. We've already seen that coronavirus has, you know, had bad timing just with the XFL and, uh, you know, other stuff throughout sports. So, But it would be really unfortunate for uh, Nashville to have to try to restart momentum, especially if they miss out on, on this tournament. Right. And so the, the, and I wouldn't be shocked if it happened because the MLS has already postponed their game against Chicago Fire uh, right. when – it was uh, it was supposed to be Dallas and San Jose, I believe, that got pushed back a week, and then now they're just n- they're not going to play. They've had they had to remove the club, and so um, uh, all I can say is if we're not in it, I hope Houston doesn't win it. <laughs> if we're not going to get a fighting chance, I, I don't want a, Houston to win it. I think that's a sentiment we all share. Uh, little Texas Derby uh, rivalry there, just uh, show, sharing my saltiness with Houston, but this is one thing that I think is really going to crush the spirit of any FC Dallas, any and every FC Dallas fan. Um, we haven't been the best in the past few years. Uh, really, we haven't been ourselves since we last won the U.S. Open. And we had uh, Maximiliano Arruti, who uh, who scored the game winner in that match against New England and got us, the, uh, got us that U.S. Open title. We haven't been the same ever since. Mm-hmm. And... Now this is this just pushes us back even further, and and I'd have to do more research, but I'm pretty sure that FC Dallas is really one of the most homegrown clubs in MLS. I, I, I'm pretty sure we had most guys in our starting eleven on average who oh, yeah. were from the DFW area, more than Houston had from the Houston area, Chicago had from the Greater Chicago area. I mean, they're. I think you're right, and I think I think FC Dallas is a wonderful youth program. Because uh, they've been able to get talent from obviously from the the homegrown aspect oh, yeah. of this entire thing. So and, and so that's why I, I I don't think soccer is dead here in DFW. I don't. Oh. Uh, I, we're going to be fine. the The passion is here. Um, heck, Re- Reggie Cannon is a is a midfielder, and uh, yeah, he's a midfielder, maybe a defender. I'm I, I think blank. that's right, though. But he he's supposed to like they're they're rumblings about him going to the Bundesliga in a couple of years, you know, because he's getting that good. He's from Grapevine, and he grew up in in this system, and so as weird as it sounds, 
FC Dallas might be like the closest thing to an actual European club we have here because we have guys in our system who are coming up to play for us. I mean, look at Harry Kane for the, for for Spurs, right? Came up in that system, mm-hmm. and so like it. Uh, I'm I'm sure I could draw from a number of other examples, um, but for sake of time, I'm I'm just going to leave it there. But there there's passion here, right? Yeah. And and especially in the uh, in the uh, in the Mexican American communities here that we have here, the uh, especially in Fort Worth, uh, the Fort Worth Vaqueros uh, qualified for the U.S. Open for the first time ever, mm-hmm. and I remember there like people. It's ho- uh, it's a homegrown movement here, you know. Yeah, they're pretty pretty darn popular, and they're playing at uh, Barrington now. They moved out of a a small lot in, right in uh, in eastern you know East Fort Worth, but now they're playing at uh, our. Kind of city's marquee stadium outside of G. Carter, you know, and they've got a they've got popular and you know there's been historical uh, popularity with soccer just from the North American Soccer League. Obviously that died out, but you know back in the day those games were were packed. There were a lot of people going to a lot of those games. Um, so I don't think this is definitely you know this is not the end of soccer or anything like that. But I think it is a, a big disappointment for all of us because, you know, we, we want to see the return of soccer. And uh, especially since, you know, Europe's been able to pull it off, we, I think there's a craving for domestic soccer here. So, But, but I think for, for all of us, it's going to be disappointing. So, Seth, let's go ahead and tease what we've been having in the workings for a while. Um, uh, Seth is going back to Michigan uh, shortly. And... Uh, so we're going to have to do this remote. We wanted to try to get it before he came back. But uh, what's going to happen this year in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be one show where we won't even title it with a pun from one of our names. It'll be mm-hmm. it'll be the soccer show. We'll yep. just call it the soccer show. And Seth and I are going to uh, – bottom line, Seth and I think it's a travesty that <laughs> soccer is not truly embraced here in the United States. Uh, we love it, and we know a bunch of people who do. But – we we want to like we're hoping that we can tr- hopefully buy, uh, try to get more people to buy in. Uh, so the way we see that is if you understand what's going on, that'll make it easier for you to watch. So in a few weeks, we're gonna have one show that's gonna be all soccer. We're gonna talk tactics. We're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit of history. We're gonna talk MLS history, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we'll ev- we'll have some Europe tie-ins. We'll explain how yep. things go in yep. Europe because if you want to understand soccer, you really got to pay attention in Europe because right. that's where the mecca of this thing is. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to explain our, our local cups, our local tournaments, and kind of how we fit into the global club structure for, for how everything goes. Uh, and we think, you know, the more that you guys watch, the more that you guys understand about what's going on, it, it goes from watching paint dry to... Uh, to something a little bit more like hockey, right? Where you're setting up chances, where you're trying to, you know, get yourself in a position where you can score. And so the more that you guys kind of understand it, it goes from just a confusing, boring mess to, uh, you know, more, I guess, intelligent and more... Right. You can start to understand, you know, setting up chances and, and trying to score. And, and before we go to break, I, w- I want to clear up. That there's a stereotype here in the United States that I used to buy into that it's really a... It's, it's really a boring game because it's such a wide pitch, and you know defenses are tight, especially nowadays, and especially with the way VAR works in Europe now, which sucks. 
Yeah. Let's just say that it screwed Spurs the other day. It's it's um, a little too intense, I think. Yeah. To so the spirit of the game, but because of all that, it's you know it's not it's not a high scoring kind of game. It's just not built that way, mm-hmm. at, at least anymore. And so a lot of people kind of tune that out because they don't want to see uh, that. Th- there was a joke that uh, I'm gonna shout out my buddy Tanner here. He uh, he told me if I wanted to watch a bunch of guys to. Uh, struggle to score for 90 minutes i just go to my local pub and uh i i I thought that was funny but um it it's really weird because you actually cannot turn away for 10 seconds or you may miss something huge right right like uh um i mean counterattacks happen so quickly oh and counter especially in, in in england especially yeah and and in germany and france you get a little bit of that as well but it's really in England that you can see counterattacks really come back to change the the way the the rest of that match is played, and so. But even then, um, I'm going to use the uh, Champions League semifinals from this past year with Liverpool's comeback against Barcelona, uh, and Tottenham's comeback against Ajax. Tottenham scored that winning goal as the fifth minute of extra time ran out. Like, if they conceded possession, it was over. Right. And Ajax would have been playing Liverpool. Probably would have lost, but Ajax would have been playing Liverpool and Madrid. And seriously, if, if anyone would have turned away and gone, Tottenham's not going to win it, and in those last five to ten seconds just turned away or were going to get a drink or whatever, they would have missed the greatest finish, in my opinion, because I'm, I'm biased, I'm a Spurs fan, in soccer history. At least in my opinion, in recent history, yeah, anyway, for sure. And because I mean that that ball was way back, pat like on our side of midfield, Musa Sissoko kicks it way down the pitch, and uh, and Deli Alley gets a hold of it, puts it right through for Lucas Mora, who buries it as yeah. time ex- again. Runs again, out, but things things happen faster than I think a lot of people think they do. Right. It, it's it's because it's such a wide pitch and. It's not too physical of a game, but I mean, we see great challenges and great tackles, and you you can there. There's leniency with shoving and pushing yeah. sometimes, so it get, there's a reason it's so low scoring because. Think it's of it. Think quite of it difficult. as think of it as like getting the same amount of space as like six man football does. A lot of one on one matchups, a lot of space to work, especially out in the flat, uh, and it ends up being more wide open. And, and again, I think faster paced than most people think it is. Yeah, but but the difference is is a lot like is a lot like uh, like like American football. It's like the short like the closer you get to the goal line, the shorter of a field you have to work with. That defense is going to get tighter and it's going to get a lot more difficult. Yeah. That's how it works in soccer. You the closer you get to that box, the more guys are going to get in that box trying to defend it. Right, and it becomes a difficult thing. That's really what it is. And so when you, and that's what we're going to break down on that show is tactics. And when we break down how these defenses are supposed to work and everything and what and you know then people will know oh he messed up like that that's what happened this guy this guy messed up or right. or in the case of Tottenham versus Everton yesterday LaCelso kicked the ball right off the right off the defender and it just deflected the wrong way so up he was in the right place just it was he you know so I, th- I think I think when we explain that show a lot a lot more people are going to understand. So be looking for that. That's going to come in the next few weeks. Uh, we still got some stuff to work out, and we're 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 trying to land a guest for that. But I don't know if we'll be able to get. But I'm going to try to get him on because uh, he he would at least be able to explain tactics better than I would. 
Um, and for sure, for sure me, because I... I'm at the conceptual level still, so. But we, uh, but we'll get him on, and that's good because he will answer any question we have for sure. And right. so he, he's kind of he's called the uh, the Bundesliga expert. Uh, he's affectionately called the Bundesliga expert here in Dallas, and so we'll try to get him on. Uh, we're gonna go to break. That was FC Dallas talk. We're all very sad. We won't be able to see our team. Uh, when we come back, we have a, we have a fourth segment for the first time in a long time. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about Major League Baseball. Their schedules came out and. Uh, we're on a bit of a time crunch, so we'll at least break down the Rangers, but uh, we'll, we'll point out any other games of note coming up here on the Nolan & Company Sports Podcast. Welcome back. Nolan & Company Sports Podcast. And for the first time in a while, we have a fourth segment. So many headlines to talk about. And I knew that, uh, so for reference, um, I'm going to go ahead and give our buddies a shout out. My Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine finally came in the mail. And now that I have it, I'm going to go through it, review it, and on my computer, edit (laughs) some of it. And uh, you'll be hearing my thoughts on what they say in here because uh, at DCTF, they're the official AP for Texas high school football and I just dropped it well done Nolan um, so I'm gonna go ahead and give my thoughts and uh, compare it to that and we'll see uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep eyes on that uh, on that episode and how the season goes and at the end of the season we'll see who was right and it's gonna be me <laughs> confidence is real it is Seth I wonder I just wonder how this month is going to end. Because every single month this year, we've had something crazy go on. Yep. But this month is going to be different. You have hope. <laughs> because we have baseball. That's true. Finally, That's true. we have baseball. The schedule has come out for Major League Baseball. Uh, I have a few of the schedules up right now. We're going to go ahead and break them down. Most of our listener base is in the, is in the DFW area, so we're going to start with the Texas Rangers. Um, we're going to go on to the Houston Astros. Uh, they have a few games to keep an eye on, and I do have a minor, minor rant about the, both the Rangers and the Astros. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Dodgers, and I'm going to try to be unbiased as possible. Uh, but we're talking about the, we're going to talk about the Dodgers and the Yankees as the clear favorites to win their uh, win their leagues and go to the World Series. So let's start with the Texas Rangers. The first thing that comes to mind for me is you don't see Houston until September. Mm-hmm. We have July, August, and September is when we're playing regular season baseball, and the playoffs are extended, but it's pretty much going to be October what we're used to. Yep. We don't see Houston until the end of this season. Seriously, I'm looking. So it's in September, right? And I'm looking at September right now. We open September with a three-game set in Houston. Two weeks later, exactly two weeks later, another three-game set in Houston. A week after that one ends, we have a four-game set in Arlington. We're playing six games in Houston and four in Arlington. Which we knew was going to happen. We we knew there was going to be some a little bit of a home field advantage, 
Yep. But you're not seeing them until the end of the year, and you have to go to their place in two weeks. And my professional opinion, we could have spread out. The league could have spread out division opponents better. My guess is that they're doing that hoping that fans will be back and that they're going to be able to get top dollar for oh, absolutely. And, and, for those tickets. And the Rangers have really beefed themselves up s- since last year. And, have to, and, so. and And, of course, people are using the 60-game thing, so they're taking records from 60 games after 60 games from last year. And the Rangers would have been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they, they did beat Houston a few times before the last 102 <laughs> games of the season last year. But uh, that might be what it is. They may just be trying to get that because, I mean, we had the Angels in Anaheim uh, the week before that home set against Houston. And then literally in between those two road sets against Houston, we're hosting the Angels. Mm-hmm. And, and then, um, seriously, the entire month of September, there's one off day on the 14th. And then the 22nd and 23rd, we go to Arizona on our way back from Anaheim. So I will say, it is going to be pretty cool to have baseball every single day. It, it definitely will. Be. I mean, yeah, there's one off day for the Rangers in September, two in August on the 3rd and 13th. And then obviously, uh, once the season starts in July, they get this. They're going to play three games, have an off day, play two games, have an off day, and then just play out the stretch pretty much. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I'm intrigued by this. And, then of course, we knew how it was going to work. They're playing the National League West. They start off at home against the Rockies. They play two games at home against the, the Diamondbacks. Then they have to go to San Francisco uh, and Oakland. They're, they're, pl- they're staying in the Bay Area. They're playing a three-game set against the Giants, followed by a three-game set against the A's. Coming uh, home, facing the Angels coming home, and the Mariners. Then we got to go to Colorado. This is what I don't get. August 14th through the 16th, we got the Rockies in Colorado. Yep. Then we come home for a two-game set against the Padres, immediately fly out to San Diego and have a two-game set in San Diego. Yep. Then we go up to Seattle and play the Mariners for a three-game set, come back home, play the Angels for four games. Athletics. I'm sorry, Athletics for three games. And then the Dodgers for And then the, the eternal struggle for me, who the heck do I root for? Uh, you know. Dodgers are Dodgers are coming to Arlington from uh, from the the 28th through the 30th of August. I'm Rangers first. Ooh, the September stretch travel schedule is gonna be nasty because they're gonna have to go from Houston and then turn. They're gonna have to be in Houston through the third and then on the fourth in Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah, and then turn around, come back home. They have a six-game six six game home stretch, uh, three against the Angels, three against the A's. Ooh, they got another one. They got to go to Hit the, the Astros Houston. and then right. to the Angels. And then they, yeah, they have to go and to the Astros, and then after that last game, they immediately got to go to Arizona. Go, go, gonna, to, go to Anaheim, followed yeah. by Arizona. Yeah, which Arizona makes sense because you'll hit that on the way back right. from Anaheim, and then you come home and finish the season with a four-game stretch against the Astros at home. Tell you what, that travel schedule is going to be Brutal. Well, let's look at the Astros because they're in the same division and under the same circumstances. They open against the Mariners, four games against Seattle at home, followed by two games against the Dodgers at home. Which, by the way, there may not be fans for that. That might be good for the Dodgers. But uh, just remember that. Last week of July, 
Dodgers come to Houston. Remember that for later. Then they got to hit the road and go to Anaheim. Followed by, so Anaheim, Arizona, Oakland. Right after that game with Oakland, come home to play the Giants in Houston. Home against the Mariners and Rockies. Uh, as soon as that second, so it's a two-game stand against the Rockies from August 17th through 18th. As soon as that game's over, they're going to Denver, followed by two uh, San Diego, and then they face the Angels and A's at home. And then in September, home against the Rangers at Anaheim and Oakland, and then at the. So they have a. They've got an easy schedule. I'm they, sorry. They they do well. Yeah, as far as travel goes, you're, you're the the only really nasty spot is when they have to go to Seattle and then back, back to home. Arlington. Yeah, it's right here in the last two weeks of the season. Um, that's really the only nasty one. But otherwise, uh, although, they've got eight well, days they, at home multiple well, times. But yes, they do. I think they. I think they really got a good luck, a good draw as far as home and away goes. Um, it will get nasty here because they got the Rangers at home and then the Diamondbacks at home, which is great. Right after that, they so they play the Diamondbacks on September twentieth, and immediately have to fly to Seattle, and then immediately have to fly back to Texas to yep. play the Rangers in Arlington. And so, we knew travel was going to be difficult. But when you have two teams in Texas and every team in the division you're playing in and then the other division you have to play is on the West Coast, travel is going to suck. Yeah. And especially because it, except for Colorado and Arizona, everyone's in the mountain time zone. Or, I'm sorry, Pacific time zone. Yeah. Colorado and Arizona are mountain. But I wait. mean, granted, the, the West Coast teams here are going to have a worse time of it because you're dealing with three different time zones, whereas... If you're this is daylight savings time. No, so Arizona would be even with with Pacific time right now. Because Arizona doesn't have daylight savings. What a, okay. I'm sorry. Do, let's not get into that. Quick political rant. We need to ban daylight savings time. It needs to die. I think it's universally agreed to. It causes like a billion dollars worth of damage every year. We just need to... Right. It needs I, to die. I think the only right. reason we're not complaining about it is the one night that it's set backwards... So we get an extra hour of sleep. And that's right in the middle of football season, too. So it's like an extra hour of sleep that it, people in our business desperately need. I think that's the one day that we don't complain about it. Unless your unless sleep you, schedule is screwed up and you just wake up an hour earlier. Well, unless day. you're the one who stays up till 2 o'clock knowing that it's just going to go back to 1 o'clock. Then, yeah, you, you probably get, you're probably screwing yourself there. But... Anywho, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so Arizona will be even with Pacific time at that time. So, yeah, no, you're only going, the Dallas to Houston, not too bad of travel. They could literally bus and be fine. Yeah. But when the only other place you have to travel is Colorado, that's the closest to your home time zone, and then you got to go two hours difference that uh, to the west, that's going to suck. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, I think that's where it, and this isn't a scheduling thing, obviously, because MLB did the best they could as far as who the team, who the teams would be playing. This is just the division thing. But notice real quick, on the Rangers and Astro, Astros schedules, when they got west, there are no nine o'clock Central starts. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, that that was that was one thing that I think they tried. Yeah, that's what that was the one thing I think they tried to compensate for. Uh, for the travel thing is just because they knew it'd be hectic, but also the people watching at home, right? The reason you have nine o'clock starts when 
the Rangers or Astros played at A's, Angels, or Mariners is because the MLB is making enough money from the gate where they can afford to have those nights where the visiting team, like the Rangers or Astros, isn't going to watch that West Coast game. Yeah. They're f- like they're going to be fine. You know, I hate to be this person, but, but now, the scheduling is definitely East Coast biased. We'll, we'll look at that when we start looking at the, the Red Sox and Yankees. Well, let's go ahead and jump to the Yankees right now. Because um, we pretty much just knocked out the Dodgers. Yep. Oh, wait. I did miss this, though. Um, yeah. Uh, let's just say that this thing dies out. Like, this whole thing slows down and we can have crowds to 50%. I don't know. But hypothetically, let's just say that. Look at September 12th and 13th for the Astros. After all this cheating scandal and everything that went down for that 2017 World Series in a year they weren't even supposed to do to go there, they have to go to L.A. Thank God. Thank God. So I am not sure where we'll be as far as virus goes, as far as fans. The league has publicly stated that at least for the opening weekend there will not be fans but they're considering their options for everything past that. But there's a possibility that there will be people in Dodger Stadium. All I can say is that will be a hornet's nest. Oh my gosh. I wish that, I could be there. I'm not even an L.A. fan, but that would be a good you know, a good atmosphere for sure. Well, I can't imagine it'd be any better in Arlington. Everyone's still pretty salty. That, And I, I am too. Really, we should have had that World Series first. Yeah. David Freeze. Anyway. <laughs> we, we shall not relive the pain. So let's look at the Yankees. They start off on the road. They're, so they're going to play the first game. The, the first game is going to be on ESPN. The Dodgers and Giants will play later that night in D.C. They're against the defending World Series champs. Yep. And they are the favorite to win this year's World Series. Then they go to Philly. And then they come home to play Philly, then home at the Red Sox. Knowing that they're playing the AL East, they had to travel to Tampa Bay. We knew that was going to be a thing. Yep. They have an off day after traveling to Tampa, or I guess you should say St. Petersburg, Yep. to that garbage stadium. They have an off day for travel before they host the Braves at home for a two-game set, The Red, which keep an eye on that series, by the way, because, you know, Peyton Peterson knows his stuff, and if he likes the Braves, I like the Braves. Yeah. So keep an eye on that series. Then they play the Red Sox, which you always need to keep an eye on that series. And then the Rays again at home. They've got and then 12 look days at, the, at home. 12, 12 days at home, followed by three games at the Mets. Wow, you had to travel they, so far yeah, for that. They are literally going to spend two weeks in their own backyard. Again, I don't want to be this person, but I'm sorry. The East Coast is going to have the superior travel schedule here. Then they have a, then they have an off day, on the twenty fourth of August, where they get to, to go down to travel to Atlanta. Saint Pete. Oh wait, to, no, tra- to travel to Atlanta. Right. Get an off day to go back to New York. This thing is rigged. The Yankees are getting an off day every time they have to travel long distance, with the exception of Boston to Baltimore. But even that is Which not is a far trip. Like four. What? Yeah, is that's that like not four or five that's hours not, by train. That's not the Astros. That right? That's not the Astros coming from. Seattle right to Arlington and playing back to back days, crossing two time yeah, yeah two time two, zones two, two time zones so 
I'm sorry. They do have to go from Baltimore to Canada, uh, but that's again, their, even that... That's their worst spot. Some, entire somehow season. they avoid going to Miami. They face the Marlins at home after a four-game stint in Toronto. The, their worst one is going from Boston to Toronto to Miami. Oh, no, 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 no. no that's no, no, not no. right. That's back to New York. Okay, so, so yeah. Their worst one is from Baltimore to Toronto. That is their worst travel. Yep. Because they, they do have to go to Tampa, because that's their division, right? But they avoid having to go to Miami. So they only have to go to Florida. Let's see. They have Tampa once on the road, and then at home. That's it. They play, yeah, they play, a, they they play two series, four games each, two in Tampa, two in New York. They never leave the Eastern time zone. I'm telling you right now that this schedule is rigged. <laughs> rigged. So, I love how this is totally devolved from, oh, we're going to talk about the schedule. This is going to be really nice, too. Well, you it's know what? Totally that's what makes the, the Yankees. Po- well, one, that's what makes our podcast great. But even the Dodgers, I mean, granted, they, they're they not going to have to leave their time zone except for a couple times. When they come to Houston at the start of the season, when they, go to, uh, when they come to Arlington at the end of August, and um, they go to Colorado. Uh, ooh, hang on. Oh, my computer's jacking up on me. They had to go to Colorado in September for a three-game set after playing in San Diego. So that's the worst they have. Yeah. Right. Are they? Let's see. Are they? Are they going to Seattle or oh, Seattle coming to them? Boy, you're gonna love to hear this. Okay. They, so they they play at home in Seattle. For two games in August, and then go to Seattle. Immediately come back and come home and play Colorado with no days off. Yep. Let's talk really quickly about the uh, the Braves schedule. Let me pull this up real quick. They start out in July at the Mets. They have to travel to Tampa Bay, back to Atlanta, going into August. They stay in Atlanta for a decent amount of time and then go to Philly, the Yankees, get one day off to go down to Miami, come back home. This is ridiculous. It's a brutal first part of the schedule. Uh, This is ridiculous. And they don't even get an exhibition game. Yeah. They're They're just sending it. Wow. They play they play in September. They play in a way stretch for from the tenth to the twentieth. They play a ten wow. day away they, stretch. They play they play the Blue Jays at home August sixth. Immediately have to travel to Philadelphia, which is a normal trip for them. From Philly go to New York. From New York all the way down to Miami, they do get that off day. So they are getting some off days. But yeah, this is not comparatively to the Yankees, this is not. Well, but they well, but I mean nice. like they yeah, they're having to go to New York more times than usual because they got to play the Yankees and the Mets. Uh which again, Mets is division and uh you know, that trip to Miami is nothing new to them either. So I don't think the Braves got screwed this much. I, I do think it's kind of brutal travel, but they I don't think they got screwed this much. But this thing is definitely I mean if you're this schedule you're the favors East. the Yankees so much. Yeah. If you the Yankees specifically, if you're in the East in general, you don't even have to leave your time zone. No. 
So, I I get it. I don't even want to look at this at the central divisions. I really don't, because it's you know it's not going to be terrible because they're all clumped up in one area. Right. But they how how is it that the Yankees are getting a day off every time they have to travel quite a bit of a distance? And yet the Astros are expected to go to Seattle and immediately fly back to play Arlington. I mean, granted, I'm sorry. I, I don't feel in, bad for the play, Astros. But, but this but this is stupid. Like they're supposed to play in Houston. Yeah. Immediately fly to Seattle, oh, play the Mariners for a three game stretch over brutal. the next three days, and immediately fly back and play a four game stretch against the Rangers in Arlington. I don't feel bad for them, but it is brutal. Totally brutal. This thing is Yankees rigged. I'm not kidding. The Yankees are in the pockets. I, I, I'm yelling conspiracy on this one. <laughs> this this is it's, ridiculous. It's bad. This, this is yeah. really ridiculous. And so, I mean, regardless, let's be happy for what we hey, do have. You did make the you did make the comment earlier that, that we were like, oh, we're going to talk about the schedule. This is great. No, because this is really our true reactions to the first time seeing these. Yeah, you're exactly right. So that makes for a good show. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, but we are happy. Okay, even though. The Yankees are getting this great schedule and everything. Uh, we are happy that baseball's back. Very happy. I'm um, telling you, the Yankees are going to win the World Series. Man, you know what? That just cl- when did they uh, release these schedules? Because we should have looked at unless these before they we made our do, unless they do have to go west and play the Dodgers or I don't care who the Giants, the Padres, which the Padres probably won't happen, but. Unless they really have to go west for the ALCS or the World Series or even the ALDS, yeah. The Yankees got off they 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 got off scot free here, for sure. Yeah, I know that this is a crazy season because typically you are playing every if you're an American League team you're playing everybody else in the American League. Right. So the Yankees would have had to gone to Anaheim and Oakland and Seattle at some point, but this is ridiculous. All right, guys, if you want a villain. As if the Yankees weren't the villains every year anyway. It's the New go. York Yankees. We can all hate the Yankees. I think they are in the pockets of Major League Baseball, and I think that this I think that that's intentional. I haven't even seen the Red Sox. I don't even really I don't know if I want to see the Red Sox. It's not bad, I don't think. Well, it probably wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, the Eastern Division got off scot free, but really the Yankees, because every single time they have a bad travel they get an off day, and that's ridiculous. That is just ridiculous. Yeah, Dodgers get an off day from being at home against Colorado. On From August 23rd to 23rd, they play Colorado at home. They get an off day the 24th. From the 25th and 27th, they're in San Francisco and immediately have to come to Arlington without an off day. Oh, you're going to love this. Uh, the Red Sox start out in at home then they have to make the strenuous travel to new york to play the mets and the yankees and then they get a day off travel to saint pete to play tampa bay and then they uh get another day off to come home to play toronto the tampa bay rays and then they got to make the strenuous travel again to the to the yankees they gotta go all the way back home to play the Phillies. And then they gotta travel to Baltimore. <laughs> okay, here's their worst turnaround. Okay, they gotta play Baltimore at Baltimore. They get a day off, play Toronto, and then they gotta go from Toronto to back to Boston to play the Nats. 
And that's their worst travel. And did you say they get an off day between? No, not in that last one. But they get a 10-day stretch at home before they have to stretch their legs really far and go to Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> and then from there they got they I'm don't get up a, on your sarcasm. They don't get a they don't get a day off. Uh, they do have to travel down to Tampa, uh, and then to Miami. But then they get another day off to come home. To okay, play that's the another Yankees, thing. That's another thing. Orioles. Not only do the Yankees get that easy of a travel, but they avoid having to go play the worst team in the worst stadium in baseball. Yep. Watch out for the glass, y'all. How do they avoid having to go to Miami with all those off days in between every single time they have to make a pretty big travel? A pretty big trip. That's ridiculous. This is bad. (laughs) That is ridiculous. This is... is I'm calling conspiracy. There's a new scandal. And you know what? This this, this is the new scandal. And you know what? I'm not an Astros fan, but this will take the cheating off the Astros' backs in the moment. The Yankees are in the pockets of Major League Baseball. Better than the Red Sox. Well, given that schedule, well, they have like two bad gonna, days of travel. Well, if they're going to bulk, if they're going to take it easy on the Yankees, they're going to take it easy on the Red Sox because they want to try to get, uh, you know, their rivals. They want to help. They want to help the best rivalry to make those games more interesting. Jeez, because if those guys are well rested and everything, yeah, they play their. But yeah, that that's what it, this is conspiracy. All right, that's what this is. This is one big conspiracy, and everyone's in on it. Did you appreciate my Shawshank Every, reference yes, there? Everyone. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a show unless you have a Shawshank reference. So, Seth, we had uh, we had all show to think about this. Yep. Hypothetically, the NFL gives you an expansion franchise. They do. It's a very responsible choice of. Them. I know where you go. <laughs> what do you call them, and where are your colors? All right. You got. So, you have to tell the listeners where you're going. I know what you're going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. You say so, it every time. So. I think the most logical choice for an NFL franchise, someplace that the fan base is going to be strong, that the stadium is going to be really loud, really great atmosphere. The, you know, and this this is a city that's wanted a NFL team for a long time. Oh, we've seen it, and they got we've it. Definitely, they seen got it. it during Hurricane Katrina with uh, the Saints. My pick is definitely going to be San Antonio. Now, we went there. We watched a a San Antonio Commanders game. We know that the atmosphere inside the Alamo Dome is great. We know that the fan base is going to be passionate. You know, so I... San Antonio, for me, is the logical choice here. Obviously, the argument exists that you got Houston and, and, uh, you know, Dallas. But I think that there's, you know, there's certainly enough people there to support a franchise. As far as names go, I'd keep it traditional. I'd either go with the Commanders or I'd go with the gun, the Gunslingers because, you know, both uh, of those play into the city's history. You know, if you're gonna do that, Rick Neuheisel has to be your head coach. It's true, it's a hundred percent true. Uh, the Gunslingers being from is it the CF Continental you, Football uh, League or no, the, the USFL? Oh, they were from. Oh yeah, okay. So so from the USFL. Um, both of them kind of iconic. I mean, we can still buy merch from both of those yeah, teams. Yeah, you today. can still buy Gunslingers merchandise, and it's awesome. Yep. So that's the most logical choice. Also, the rivalry would be just insane. You know, I would love to be an away fan going to San Antonio, grab dinner on the Riverwalk, and go watch a you know Gunslingers or Commanders game. Um, 
just because the atmospheres would be great. You know, it's right there next to downtown. It's the problem with the Gunslingers is they played at Alamo Stadium, not the Alamo Dome. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but but they got the Alamo Dome now. Uh, Alamo Dome is my second favorite stadium. Oh come on, the first one is Damon G. Carter. We all knew that. Uh, but I knew I was gonna say it's always either Fort Worth or San Antonio. Yep. So always. So for me, it would definitely be San Antonio. I guess uh, Flint, Michigan doesn't give you a, real, a stadium there to appreciate now, does it? No, no, it does. I mean, we got the stadium yeah, that no, Mark Ingram played high school football in. Yeah. But I've seen that stadium, and what, that's Atwood? nothing to be proud of. Oh, come on. That's All right, nothing let's be, be real of. here. It is Flint. Um, yeah, that's, but, that's nothing to be proud of, Seth. Now, what is something to be proud of is the Flint City Bucks winning the USL 2 uh, championship. I was there for that championship game. It was good. Fair enough. Anyways. I'll give you that one. No one. Your turn. So mine's kind of controversial because it digs into, I mean, this is, obviously my whole point is when I think of a team moving or an expansion team coming in, I think about current franchises that will not let anybody take the, their fans out of the area. My best example is when you tried to convince me that the NHL in Louisville would work, which I, I still, still don't think it I would. I still stand by my point um, there. But... I think Oklahoma City would be able to support it. Jerry Jones would not want to lose fans in Oklahoma, nor would uh, the Hunt family with the Kansas City Chiefs, any any support they have in Oklahoma. Um, but I think the city of Oklahoma City can really support a team. And uh, I'm going to sound like the usual Madden player when I say this, but I actually I like the name that they came up with like the the preset name for if for in Madden when you relocate to Oklahoma City and it's the Bison and I really think that's really cool it, you know going back to uh, to those early colonial days before we settled the the west and the Bison were just Great everywhere yeah, yeah and uh, uh, so a Buffaloes or Bison I think would be a good one and uh, um, maybe not Buffaloes because then you'd get confused with the Buffalo Bills but right uh, but I think Bison would be a good one. My color scheme, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of, as uh, as Mason said earlier, kind of Carolina or uh, or baby blue kind of stuff because that's the state flag color. The Thunder wear that color. Um, you, you could definitely go that color, um, and you could definitely make it like, uh, um, you know, like they have like every city has a certain color scheme. Sometimes like like Pittsburgh's got the gold and the black. Right, right. And, and all their teams wear it, um, so I, you know, I would, I would be all right with a blue and orange kind of thing. I would. Uh, I'm not sure what, and of course, uh, again, I'm taking this straight from Madden because that's actually the color scheme they give them. Um, but at the same time, I, I would not mind going with, uh, um, like a Colorado Buffaloes golden black, like not the Pittsburgh golden black. I mean, like right. the deep gold, like the. Uh, the darker gold and black. Uh, I think that would be a good color scheme to work with. So Oklahoma City Bison would be my answer. All right, I have a good and question for black. you about that. Go ahead. Where would you build a stadium? Because I, th- I don't think they'd be willing to commute to Norman. No, 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 and, and, I, and I definitely knew. So uh, th- there are some good places if you go up to the north towards Edmond. Uh, there, there's a lot of land out there. Uh, Ed- Edmond is kind of a... It, it's it's big population wise, but it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a wide open suburb, uh, or at least it can be in some places. Um, so you could do that, or uh, 
there's a lot uh, right outside Bricktown. There are there's a lot of places that aren't being used. That you, if you could get the rice that land and put it right by, uh, right by the ballpark, right there in Oklahoma City, uh, I think that would be good as well. Um, you may have to temporarily play in Norman. I mean, for for a short time. Uh, I mean, look. I mean, just look at the Tennessee Titans had to play at the Liberty Bowl their first year in Tennessee, right. in Memphis, uh, before finally getting that the the stadium in Nashville. So, um, I, I don't know. There are a few locations. Again, it's Oklahoma, so they're not really short of wide open oh, land. land. Yeah, but um, but closer to Edmond on the north side, I think uh, there would probably be um, there'd probably be some space for it. Or if you if you go to Bricktown. Uh, right there in Oak, and right there outside downtown, I think it'd be a great place to go as well. I bet the state fair, fairgrounds probably wouldn't be a bad shot either. No, no, and you've seen that in the NFL before, obviously. Cotton Bowl for Dallas, I'm, the Dallas Texans, who are now the Chiefs and Dallas Cowboys, originally there, right? So that wouldn't be the worst thing. And um, shoot, that 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 might boost up your crowds for uh, when it's uh, in the when it's state fair season. So. Uh, I don't know, but uh, Oklahoma City would be my answer. And uh, thanks for the follow-up question. It, it makes me think. But yeah, yeah Bricktown or somewhere in the, nor- or in the on the northern part of the city. Yeah, like you said, a lot of land to work with. Yeah, so. it's Oklahoma. Uh, just stay out of Tulsa. That's all I ask. That's true. Stay I hate out Tulsa. of Tulsa. Well, Seth, this one was fun. We had a lot of fun. Had a pretty hard segment, but I think we got through it. Got a little bit of a baseball rant in there, and. Uh, I hope everything went well with Mason. He's probably hearing this now. We love you, buddy. Uh, take care down there in College Station. And uh, what a bogus hoax that you moved. But uh, we still love you. Guys, thanks for listening to this edition of the Nolan and Cummings Sports Podcast. He's our founding father, William Edward Seth Moorhead. I'm just Nolan because you can't handle the roof. We'll see you next week. Y'all keep jamming.